Welcome to the Lighthouse Financial Advisors Money Over 50 podcast with Dallas Davison and Michael Hogue. This information is general in nature and does not take into account your objectives, financial situation or needs. Therefore, you should consider whether the information is appropriate for you and your personal circumstances. If you require personal advice, please contact Lighthouse Financial Advisors. Here are your hosts, Dallas Davison and Michael Hogue. Welcome to Money Over 50. Today's topic is three reasons that people lose money in shares. Thanks, Michael. Again, not an exhaustive list. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> I feel like we always have to clarify these aren't the only three reasons, but they, again, these are probably, there's a million reasons people can lose money investing in shares, but most of them tie back to these three kind of root causes, I guess. So yes. that's kind of weird. It's a very glib title, but. Because it's the main ones that we see. Yeah. The main yeah. reasons that we see. And and yeah. it's something that we hear often. So, yeah. so um, new, uh, potentially new clients will come in to meet with us. And look, um, as part of as part of the the means to getting them to where they need to be yeah. would include yeah. um, investing in Growth most assets. diversified yeah. companies around Australia and the world. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, um, but, oftentimes the retort to that will be, oh, but I know someone, my best friend, who lost everything yeah. in shares. And when yeah. you actually dig a little bit deeper, yeah. we're actually talking about chalk and cheese yeah. because what yeah. we're yeah. Uh, recommending yeah. is very different. Is vastly different to the to, to, to what yeah. their friend who yeah. has experienced um, yeah. some bad results yeah. has done. Yeah, that's that's a yeah a good point, and I think. As you said there, most of the time when people come in and see, I think there's a uh, perception that if you go and see a financial advisor, they are going to tell you to invest in shares. And in most cases, that is true. But it's not because uh, we love investing in companies or that we get a thrill out of it. It's Mm. just that for most people, they need to be invested in a way that's going to give them a a higher long-term return than what they would get Mm. from term deposits and cash. And investing in, a, as you said, a diversified group of, of companies in Australia and around the world is going to be potentially one of the ways to get the return that they need. So it's it's really a, a situation where if you could, if, if someone came in to see us and they had $10 million in the bank and they wanted to live on $60,000 a year, then mm. they probably don't need to invest in shares at all. No. They do not need to be invested in any in, in companies at all. Uh, but for most people who are coming in to see us, it is a part of, of their strategies. How do you invest the retirement savings that you've built up now? And for most of our, our clients coming to see us, they are contributing money into super. They are saving some of their money over the last years of their working life. They need to be investing that money in a way that gets them a return. Absolutely. Look, it's, it's there for a reason. And, and, and um, there's quite a few podcasts that we have already where we yep. talk about how to draw an income from yep. retirement. That's right. Uh, in retirement. Yeah. Um, so we, you know, we talk about uh, the average amount of money that people draw per year in retirement yeah. is seventy thousand to eighty thousand dollars a year. Yeah. yeah. Um, so again, yeah, using a really really simple example, if you if you currently have a million dollars, yeah, um, and that's invested in what people would consider low risk, yeah, which is effectively bank accounts, yep. and turn deposits, um, the current rate of return that's that's gonna that's gonna generate about twenty thousand dollars. That million dollars is gonna generate yeah. about twenty thousand dollars. Yeah. Of um, income for you, yeah, 
and you're going to draw seventy to eighty thousand dollars in the yeah. first year of your retirement. So yeah. you're going to go backwards, yeah, um, straight, straight away. away. Yeah. Um, when I go and look at a really, really diversified and the, the actual results of um, a diversified group of the top two hundred companies in Australia and the top fifteen hundred companies in the world. Yep. If I go back to two thousand and five. Um, and look at that all the way to the end of the 2019 financial year. Yep. The average rate of return with the global financial crisis smack yep. bang in the middle of that yep. um, has been 9.08% yep. per annum. Yep. Now, just to be clear on that, um, that's looking at the uh, 60%, so the money that you have invested, 60% of that in yep. the largest 200 companies in Australia. Yep. 40% of that in the largest 1,500 companies in the world, yep. uh, excluding any Australian companies. Yep. That could be doubled up in there. Yep. And unhedged the Australian dollar. So the, the average rate of return has been yep. uh, a bit over 9% per yep. annum over yep. that period of time. So again, using that simple analogy, yep. you have a million dollars, you need to draw 70 or $80,000. Yep. Uh, it, it generates you ninety thousand dollars. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, on average, and, over and that that's a, time a, each year. So a very simplified example, but it gets to gets to the point that we that that you, as we've said there, is that you wouldn't we wouldn't be recommending people invest in in companies and in growth assets and have to go through the volatility and um, some of the pain points of investing in in mm. companies and in shares if if you didn't need it. As we said, if mm. you had enough money to be able to live on a two or three percent return, then more power to you, just do that. But for most people, there is just no other way to get the returns that they need to, to have enough in retirement savings without, without investing in shares. And that's, that's right, and, yeah. and look, property is too illiquid, yeah. and it's, um, I would argue with anyone that it's just not as good. Yep. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought you were gonna try and be nice about it. No, no, I'm, not, I'm not being nice at all. And, and residential property is, is not a good investment terms of your retirement saving. Yeah, yeah just and it's just not going to pay you enough rent yeah. to be able to, to, yeah. to give you the lifestyle that you to need. give you the lifestyle that you actually need. Yeah. Um, so the, the the I mean the only answer that we know of is is for for the majority of our clients. Yeah. Um, they need to have a lot of their money. Yep. Spread across those really really good companies. Now, yeah. um, they are volatile. Yes. And so, so, so those companies will move up and down. Yeah, and so I, I think that's exactly it. like the. Um, so, I guess we've same our story. We've we've said we're going to have a podcast about three reasons people lose money in shares, and we've talked for ten minutes. And we I haven't feel even it needs this intro. I feel <laughs> this is I think the structure is actually went well because, so we now arrive at a point where for most people, what they need to be invested in, with their retirement, so with the bulk of their retirement savings leading up to and into retirement is the last thing that people want to be invested in. And we understand that. Yes. This, is not, this is not new information. When someone comes in and says, I'm really nervous about that because I've got a friend that lost a lot of money in shares. Like, mm. We understand. Like, mm. we've, we've heard all the stories. We, know we, we have heard all these horror stories of things going wrong. We know that that can happen. We're well aware of that and we're still usually recommending that you need to, you need to be invested in, in a fair portion of, of companies. And so really, once we've arrived at that point of, we just have to, we have to be invested in in these assets. Mm. This is where the I think the main thing it, it then becomes a process of elimination of if we have to be invested in in these companies and in in shares in these companies, what uh, how do we avoid the main things that if you look at this problem backwards of okay well we want to be invested in shares we don't want we don't want to lose a lot of money like my mate down the street or my neighbour or whatever 
So what are the reasons that people lose money and how do we avoid that? Yeah, so, so the first reason that we have come up with is, and, this, and these are the three main common things that we see, yep. uh, we should point out. So, yep. so people are under diversified is the number one reason. Yep. So how that manifests itself usually yep. is that they've bought one thing yes. or one company. Yep. Or even worse, not even one company, one commodity. Yep. So they've bought um, gold. gold. Yep. Yep. Um, now the difference there is that, a, well, I'm not going to digress too much, but <laughs> don't, a company- don't, don't get started on gold, I, mate. <laughs> I mean, you can, you, can, you can be under-diversified by owning one company, but yes. at least one company um, has something to offer, or should have something to yeah. offer to the public, yeah. and it yeah. should make a profit. I feel like this is going to digress into a debate about- <laughs> We're not going to leave it any further, but- uh, <laughs> So, but, so in, in the company example, uh, the way that the, I, I guess that's what, like you said, one of the main reasons, one of the, when someone says, my friend lost a lot of money in shares, yes. and you dig a bit deeper and, okay, w- what happened? Well, they had, they had this mate who had a cousin who was working on this mine site yes. in the Pilbara somewhere, and they said, we've struck gold or we've got this new product that, we're, that they're gonna, this mine site's gonna take off. This, this junior mining company is gonna be the next big thing. It's gonna be the next BHP. Yep. And they've loaded up and, and put the house on one specky mining company that, and they, they've bought it at two cents a share, and gone, geez, that's yeah. cheap, it's two cents a share. I'm just gonna buy that one company because it's gonna be the next big thing. Yes. And the company has gone bankrupt. That's right, so it's gone bankrupt. So there's, there's two, there's really two forms of this. Yeah. The company goes bankrupt, so yeah. your investment. Yeah. It's not an investment, your, your <laughs> speculation, your, your speculative. Yeah, your gamble on your gamble on that company. Uh, has gone to zero. Yep. So that's one, yep. that's one. Um, the other one that I see yeah. is quite common, is um, not that it's gone to zero, yeah. but but um, people have actually put money, a lot of money into it at, at the wrong time. Yep. And these are some of the biggest companies in the world. So, yep. so you know, um, it's not uncommon to see people throw everything at Apple yep. shares or yep. Google shares yeah, yeah, yeah. or Netflix. Yeah, um, that, that's or a good point. Or any of those, so, so some of the biggest companies in the world, yep. people will actually buy um, usually at the wrong time when when yeah, yeah. everyone else has already pushed the price up. So yeah. that's that's a good point because when we're saying you know, being on under diversified, it's not to you know, yes you probably shouldn't put your whole net worth into a specy mining company, but mm. you also shouldn't put all you everything you own into Google or Apple or Berkshire Hathaway or, or some company that's been around for a hundred. It There's doesn't, so it doesn't matter. Like it doesn't yeah, matter what doesn't you matter. invest into. You you shouldn't have all of your net worth in one company. In, in one company, and 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 there's a there's um, uh, yeah. In the past, in Australia, for example, um, there's been an assumption that that a risk-free investment was to put everything into Commonwealth Bank or to yeah. NAB. Yep. Um, now, um, you could have done very well out of that. Yeah. But there are other people that yeah. have invested yeah. you know, not so long ago yes. that have done very poorly out of that. Yeah. Uh, and, 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 well, and it also ties... Yeah, it may never come back. Yeah. It's and not that they've lost everything. Yeah. It's that they've bought a lot at yeah. you know, $10 a share. Yeah. And it's currently at $3 a share. That's right. And may never come back to... And that's, I guess if you look at the any, any sort of industry or any sort of economy, you, you have creative destruction everywhere. So. Mm. CBA over the last hundred years has made huge amounts of profits, but no one's sitting on their hands going, gee, CBA's making a lot of money. We won't get into banking, we'll let them make all the money. There's yes. always those competitors coming out trying to cut their lunch. And yes. this is, I guess, the, the point we're saying is, even if you look at you know, 
if you're retiring in 10 years time and you're going to live for 30 years in retirement, you really need to be invested in a way that you can stay invested for 40 years. Hmm. So will CBA still be the, the number one um, bank in Australia in 40 years time? I've got no idea. Hmm. And I don't think anyone really does know. And I guess the whole point is that if someone thinks they know, they're kidding themselves. So yes. we, we, don't know, we don't know what will be the bank of choice or we, even whether they will have banks in a different format in 40 years time. So we cannot just put all our eggs in one basket and just say, we're just going to own CBA shares. Yes. And under diversify, I mean, there is a saying as well that um, uh, greed and fear yeah. uh, That's right. really intertwine. And, I, and I've seen that in the past. So, yeah. so um, uh, being under diversified is an is a example of pure greed. Yeah. So it's saying, um, yeah. I'm okay. going to... Forget about getting average returns. I'm yeah. not happy with the yeah. average of yeah. the ASX 200, which yeah. happens to be somewhere in the vicinity of, let's call it 10% yeah. a year over a long-term period yeah. of time. I want more than that. I want 50% yeah. a year. So, so yeah. it manifests itself in greed. Yeah. Um, it, 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 it's a funny one because it also, people can't believe that it could ever go backwards. So yeah. it's one of, one of those things that I see. Yes. Um, they'll see, you know, um, Recent examples are your Netflix type yep. of, 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 of companies and so forth, those type of technology companies. People just think this is going to be the next bi- biggest thing yeah. and there'll be no competitors. They'll, yeah. they'll forever and a day yeah. be able to, yeah. to okay, make continue. massive big profit margins yeah. and um, there'll be high growth. So yeah. they throw everything at it at, yeah. at, 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 um, and they just can't believe that it could ever go backwards that's until right. it does. Yeah, and that, that's, that's a, yeah, a, a really good point there is, is that it's it's not it does manifest uh, itself as greed in as much as what you see a lot here is that when we say to people the way that you should be invested is in a very diversified portfolio of um, mm. say in, in this case Australian companies and international companies and then this is something that we look at is every year one of those one of those will outperform the other either mm. the australian companies will perform better than the international or vice versa the human instinct is to go well i want more of the winners and I want less of the losers that's so right I, I just want the one that's gonna that's outperformed because i hope it's going to outperform again next year that cannot happen over time and that's where the greed part of it comes into it is that diversification means that you're never going to make a killing but you're never going to be killed yes that's a, that's a yeah uh, i was i just thought of that as well like <laughs> uh, a, I, was, I was i was gonna say yeah. there's a great nick murray saying <laughs> called yeah. dallas you beat me to it yeah. so that, no, I, can't I make a killing can't yeah. get killed and and that's i guess the point of what we see a lot uh when whenever i um uh, especially with the existing clients when people want to be under diversified um, based on i guess my, my sort of thoughts of under diversified it's normally in response to i've just said to someone hey you are not on track to where you want it to be retired or you're not putting enough money away or you're not doing your side of what needs to be done yes and normally that again that's painful we don't want to do that i don't <laughs> want to give up more money can't we just get a better return can't yeah. we just don't you have some hot share tip that can just double in, in value yeah. in a year's time and we can just do it the easy way? There is no free lunch. So if you are going to try and double your money in a year's time, you could also lose the lot. That's right. And we have a belief here as well that the, that the more that you accumulate, uh, the more you should be diversified. So, yeah. Yeah. so if you have um, $10,000 yeah. and you want to put all of that, if, if your life savings are $10,000, yeah. Yep. Um, as painful as it is to lose your life savings yep. at that point in time, yep. 
the maximum you can lose is ten thousand yeah. dollars well, if you if you put that into a speculative yeah. investment. Yeah. Um, now, if you have one point six million dollars, yeah, uh, you put all that yeah, in towards the end of your um, working life before yeah. you retire. Yeah. And you have that all in a speculative yeah. investment, lose a lot. Then it's it's obviously going yeah. to be far more devastating. Well, so so the more that you accumulate, the more you want to be diversified. And I, I think the main thing with that is is that um, it may not even necessarily be about the dollar amounts. It's it's probably more around how long have you got to make it back? Mm. You know, if, if you're 21 and you've got $10,000 and your mate's got some specky mining company and, and you lose a lot of that 10000 it's probably painful because you've, you know, you've, you've saved working at Woolies all through your teenage years to build that up. You've done all this and you've lost 10 grand, but, yeah. but you're fine. You've got well, 40 I, I, years to again, make it back. Again, probably digressing, it may actually be the best thing for well, you. Well, that's right. You've, you've, you've learned a valuable <laughs> lesson really yeah. early on. Yeah. Uh, you'll, you'll, you'll never again risk no, no. big sums of money. That's right. To, uh, yeah. You'll never again put 100% of your net worth into, yeah, into, into, one, into, one, thing. into one thing. So, yeah. Yeah, so under-diversified is certainly um, one of the big things that we see, and, and, and it, it can either go to zero, yeah. your, your, what you've put in there, yeah. or it can languish yeah. well below what you've yeah. put into there for, for yeah. you know, forever, yeah. basically. It can, it can halve in value and stay yeah. there. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, it can do uh, plenty of those different things. So, number two, the second reason that we see uh, that um, people panic. Yeah. So they panic at the wrong time. Yeah. And um, there's, I think people actually get volatility and risk mixed up. Yes, so, so if you're well and truly diversified, and we'll go through some figures in a minute, um, and we'll look at the global financial crisis as, a, as an example. Yeah. But if you're well and truly diversified across, like yes. I mentioned before, those top companies in Australia and, the, and you know, top 200 companies in Australia, yeah. top 1,500 companies in the world, yeah. um, we would say that they're volatile yeah. in that the price will fluctuate. Yes. Um, it's always, yeah. Anytime it's dropped yep. in price, yep. uh, those things that you're invested into, yep. they um, they've actually managed to recover and grow to, to new highs. So yes. there's never been a, a, yep. a time. We would say that's a vo- an example of volatility. Yeah. Um, whereas if you, you know, put everything into that speculative mining company, yes, it can turn to zero and yep. never come back. Yep. That's an example of risk, yep. which is permanent loss. So well, there's there's a big difference. People often say to us. Is that high risk? And we would say, well, it's high volatility, yes. not high risk. Yeah, um, it's it's a really good example of, and that ties into the, and and that's I guess what we'll get through is that all of these reasons tie in together. Is that you yeah. are much more likely to panic if you are under diversified because mm. if you're invested in, yeah, the the top two hundred companies in Australia, if you're invested in the four big banks, mm. and CBA something goes wrong with them and they start to lose money you are less likely to panic because you are invested in these other in these other big banks that are going to mm. come in and take their customers and take their profits. So the panic the panic stations just normally aren't there because you don't actually there is no decision to make, if that makes sense. So that if CBA loses those customers, loses the profit from those customers, you own those other assets that are going to pick that up. So it's yeah. not the end of the world. Whereas if you if you just own CBA shares, you do have to be watching that like a hawk and going is this it? Is this is this them going? You know, are they on a death spiral here that they're not going to come out of? Whereas, yes. if you own all these different companies, the only the only way that you can actually have your investment go to zero is if all of the the two hundred biggest companies in Australia went to zero, became bankrupt, and that's kind of one of those. As I say to people, if that happens, we're all living in caves wearing animal skins. So we've got bigger issues. That than that's that's. Um, 
I mean, when you explain that to people conceptually, they can understand that conceptually. Yep. Yep. When they're actually living the moment, oh, yeah. like they, they, they still panic. Yes. And um, so volatility yep. is like we just explained before, is the, is the movement down, the movement back up yep. of, of yep. that can be deadly to someone who panics at the wrong time. That's right. So, so what, yep. I, what, I, I mean, what I saw a lot of um, in the global financial crisis, which um, bottomed out in March of 2009. Yep. Um, I saw uh, quite a, a few examples uh, of people panicking. Um, I worked at a different financial advisors uh, firm at that point in time. Um, quite a few of our clients that we thought were probably the most um, least susceptible yep. to panicking yep. actually yep. <laughs> uh, panicked. Yes. And um, and and it was just by sheer weight of of news at yes. that point in time so yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. the media really 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 yeah. uh, jumps on board yeah. and they sell a lot of newspapers yeah. Uh, yeah. and a lot of advertising yeah. at periods of time when there's um, you know, yeah. volatility when yeah. things are going back so yeah. if we look at the from from the absolute high uh, yeah. of the Australian of those top companies in Australia and around the world um, from the absolute high to the bottom was a drop of about 57 percent. So yeah, yeah. to the highest from the previous highest point, which yeah. occurred in November 2007, yeah. um, to the bottom, which occurred uh, on about the 9th of March 2009, yeah. uh, from memory, was a was a drop of 57 percent. And and that's that's I guess you make a good point there, is because it's very easy to sit and go, oh yeah, 57 percent, but. It's a very different lived experience to go, I, I have a million dollars invested in Australian companies. Yep. Now, now I've got $430,000. Like yep. that, that's a, you can understand why, why this happens. You can understand why people panic because human beings, we are, we are extrapolation machines. You know? yes. and that's what we do is we look at what's what has been happening and then we extrapolate continuing on from that. Yes. So yeah, my investment has dropped from a million dollars to $430,000 you know, at this rate, it's going to go to zero. Yes, that's yeah. that's what happens. People, yeah. people, people can't understand. They can they can understand it conceptually. Yes, they they just they 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 feel they have to do something. Yeah, they have to do something right now yeah. because they just cannot stand it. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, look, it can be very dangerous for people if yeah. they panic at the wrong time. Yeah, because because. Um, Recognise that the price of anything is um, a function of how many sellers there yeah. are and how many buyers there are. So, yeah. so um, what happens at the very bottom of the market cycle when the prices are at the lowest is yeah. when you have the most people panicking. Yeah. Because after that last person yes. has panicked, yeah. uh, no one's left to panic. Yeah, there's no one then selling. There's no one left to sell. Yeah. Um, what you find is that prices start to rise then and the yeah. buyers start to panic. Because yeah, people that are sitting on the sidelines waiting for the bottom yeah. have suddenly worked out that they yeah. think the bottom's already come yeah. and gone. Yeah. And they're starting to pile in now. So you get more buyers so there's than sellers. Thing, so there's a lot more buyers than sellers. Yeah. People that were going to panic yeah. no longer panic because, yeah. uh, hey, the price is going yeah. back up again. So that's why you see such extremes. Um, that, that's, I think, a, a, and I, I like the, the example that you've used here before um, with clients of ours is, is about... Um, panic it's a very human emotion and, mm. and again it's completely understandable why that happens but if you think about logically if if you are if you are not able to ride out that volatility and if you are not going to be able to sit through that as you've said before if you're going to panic panic now panic now while the market's up that's yeah, right while we've had 
years of positive returns in a row, yeah. don't, don't wait until the, the price is halved to panic. No. That, that makes no sense. Because recognise what you're doing when you're panicking is um, you're selling something yeah. that was worth a dollar yeah. and is temporarily yeah. valued at 43 cents. That's yes. a 57% drop. Yeah. And you're saying, yeah. I'll sell now at 43 cents. Yeah. And, and, and uh, I mean, another phrase that you'll hear from people quite often during that, that you know, during the global financial crisis is, hey, um, why don't we just get out, we'll just, we'll just get out now and we'll wait till things settle down and get back in. And I'd yeah. say, okay, this is, what you, this is what you propose. Yeah. You propose to sell yeah. at a 57% drop. Yeah. So you're selling for 43 cents. Yeah. And you're going to wait till they get back to a dollar, and you're going to buy back in. Yeah. Now it sounds absurd. Yeah, when you say it, and no. yeah. <laughs> to to say it that way. Yeah. Um, but but I mean, a lot of people don't didn't understand what that actually meant, and the ones that did understand it still just like couldn't, a lot of people it. still couldn't hack it. Yeah. Um, so they actually panicked out. So it, it's it's interesting with and this is it seems maybe it isn't, but it seems specific to shares this impulse to panic because it, it's no absolutely one, look. There's there's I was just thinking of this before. Yeah. Volatility is absolutely Everywhere. all around us. Yeah. The the only thing that's not volatile yeah. is money in the bank. Yeah. And that's why the rate of return is so low. Yeah. yeah. Because it's a guaranteed yeah. rate of return. So yeah. yeah. So um uh the price of groceries is volatile. Yeah. Price of bananas is volatile. I, I, I was waiting how long until you bought the price of bananas. That's your um, go-to move. Well, well your house. Yeah. If you try to auction your house. Well, that, that's kind of what I mean. In, in leading up to the GFC, someone yeah. had a million-dollar house. Yep. If you tried to sell that house at the depths of the GFC, yep. you may, you may, you know, it might not have been that extreme, but you would have had, you might have sold it for. Someone might have offered you six hundred thousand dollars. Yep. And this is, I guess, the the other thing is where you're saying before with the, that news being in real time. Hmm. If you have the example of your house, and and you've actually used this example for, so I'm going to crib it. But if you own a house that you you purchase for a million dollars, and then next week come, someone comes and stands on your lawn and says, "Hey, nice house. I'll give you eight hundred grand for it." Hmm. You'd go get off my lawn, creep. Yeah, but you'd kick them out. And then next week they come and go, "Nice house, I'll give you 700 And then the next week they go, "Oh, things are looking pretty good, I'll give you eight fifty. Mm. You just go, go away. Yeah, I, that's I, right. I bought this house for the long term. I don't care what it what it costs, what it what it's worth day to day. You wouldn't you wouldn't have that person come on your lawn and say, oh, "Geez, the market's down. Your house is worth four hundred thirty grand. Here, I'll give you that." And you wouldn't then say. Great. I'll sell to this. I'll sell to this weirdo who keeps turning up my lawn. I'll sell to him, and then when the house is back being worth a million dollars, then I'll buy it back from him. That's right. Yeah. yeah no. It, it, it's it, it is. It's 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 completely. Um, the only thing that we that I ever see it in yep. is um, uh, are companies. So yep. so yep. so so investments and shares yep. companies yep. is the only thing where I see that. Um, People panic when the price goes down. They yeah. don't. They obviously don't panic when the price of bananas goes down. No, that's right. But they don't right. hoard either. No. They don't actually <laughs> go in there and hoard bananas. No, you that's know what right. I mean? like, yeah. So yeah. the price is going down. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, the price of the house goes down. They don't panic out yeah. of that. Yeah. It, it's just. It's I, just. And and we have a whole industry, and there's so many bad parts of our industry. Yeah. And and part of the blame is parts of our industry yeah. that actually sure. make it seem like it there is. shouldn't be volatility. Yes. Yeah, that's right. Uh, it's, it's a naturally a natural, occurring yeah. thing. Yeah. It's a naturally occurring thing. You cannot have average returns yeah. of 9.08% per annum yeah. Yeah. Uh, from 2005 to 2019. You cannot have that yeah. without 
without it going backwards at some stage. That's right. Yeah. Like if someone was to say we give you guaranteed nine percent rates of yeah, return, run like turn deposit, <laughs> like it, it just doesn't yeah. occur. Yeah. Um, the guaranteed rate of return yes. right now yeah. is two percent. Yes, or thereabouts. Yep. Um, and it's yep. the term deposit rate for twelve months. Yep. So, yeah. Uh, yes, if you if you put a hundred thousand dollars into a term deposit yep. on January one, yeah. Um, uh, and and the rate's two percent. You know that you'll get two percent. Yes. Uh, you'll yeah, have one hundred and two thousand dollars. Yeah. By the right. time thirty first of December yeah. comes around. Yeah. Um, now it's it's just such a low rate of return because of that guaranteed nature. Yeah. Like like people will accept a lower rate of return for guaranteed nature. So you cannot get, which 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 a lot. You know, Ninety seven percent of clients actually need returns that we say yeah. higher than eight percent. Yeah. To achieve their goals and objectives, and that's not. Um, that's the people that we see. That's yeah, not, not, not necessarily everyone. Yeah. Um, that's the people that we see. Yeah. Uh, so they're just not available without yeah. some volatility. Now, yeah. volatility um, is not something to be worried about. So if, if we go back to the global financial crisis, I've just run some numbers here. Yeah. Um, like I said before, from 2005 to 2019 financial years, yeah. average rate of return of those uh, 60% waning largest yep. 200 companies in Australia, 40% mm-hmm. waiting largest 1,500 companies in the world, uh, unhedged to the Australian dollar, yep. 9.08% per annum. Yep. What I've looked at is that um, is uh, to the 30th of June 2009, yep. from, from the 2005 financial year, yep. what average rate of return would you have gotten? Yep. Um, uh, to just just after, almost at the bottom of the global financial crisis, so almost at the bottom of the cycle. Yeah. So March 2009 was the absolute bottom mm-hmm. of the cycle. So we're looking at returns till just after that, yep. the 30th of June 2009. Yeah. Bearing in mind that's just after the, the GFC bottom. Yeah. So um, financial year returns for that weighting of, of companies, if you yep. started that in 2005, um, 14.86% yep. was your 2005 return. Yep. 2006 return, 22.48%. Yep. 2007 return, yep. 21.3%. Yep. Um, all of those returns are above average. Yes. So when you have above average returns, yes. you, therefore, you then have below average returns at some stage. Yeah. So, yep. um, but, and that, that's exactly what the point you're making is that you, you cannot have those above average returns without, no. without those below average returns. So that's right. It's, it's a similar thing of saying we can't have everyone being an above average driver. It's not how it works. 68% of people claim that they're above <laughs> average drivers. It just can't be. No, that's right. So you cannot, yeah. have, you cannot have that you know, 22.5% return in, in that year and the 21% return the next year without then having that next year, which I think that's what you're getting to, is that next year, the 2008 year, 15.78% negative return. For that's that right. So, so for 2008 financial year, minus 15.78%. Yeah. Uh, for 2009 year, yeah. minus 19.78%. Bearing yeah. in mind that at some stage during that year, yeah. it was down um, yeah, lower than lower that. that. Yeah. Um, so uh, in 2010 financial yeah. year, it was actually a yeah. positive of yeah. 10.36%. Yeah. Now 2010 financial year, actually, um, uh, sorry, 2009 financial year, we're, we're talking about here, yeah. uh, ended on uh, the 30th of the 6th, 2009. So the, the average, so the total return that you received um, 
from the 2005 financial year till just after the, the yeah, global the financial bit. crisis, yep. which ended on the 30th of June 2009, yep. uh, was a sum total return of 33.44% positive. Yep. So, yep. so yeah, just that, with that extra bit of time. Yeah, yeah. So if, if you could go back in time and say to someone, in 2005, do you want to be in, do you want to be do you want to have money in the bank or do you want to have money invested in in companies? Yes. Most people would say no. I want the money in the bank because the GFC is coming. And what you're saying here is that they would still be better off. People always they would they would be better off by yeah they would they would absolutely be better off. Yeah. Um, the cumulative return over that period of time yeah. was 33.44 yeah. percent. Yeah. Um, which which over that uh, few of years yeah. um, would yeah, certainly outpace what, what money in the bank was. Now, you get the good with the bad. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's what people forget. Yeah. So, you know, you got 14.86%, then you got 22.48%, then you got 21.3%. Yeah. So that gets you to a, a pretty yeah. good position. Yeah. yeah. Then it falls yeah. from yeah. that really good position by 57%. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but then it starts to increase straight away yeah. again from there. This, so, this, this so. is the one that I guess, I mean, we it shouldn't be surprising but so for most people that uh, don't work uh, work in this day in day out it's probably a bit um, it would blow you away a bit to think that from the from the bottom of the GFC in March 2009 over that last sort of 10 years the the return there has been one year where there was uh, on this sort of waiting there was one year where it was a negative return of 4.4 percent hmm. every other year has been positive so if, if you think about the news headlines that you read over that last 10 years, yes. in no, no, there's no way that you read a news headline or um, saw something that, that said, geez, things are going pretty good. There, there's none of that. There there's is no that. way. There's none of that. I feel like now we're going to digress into a thing about Greece and fiscal yeah. and Ebola, <laughs> so we won't. But the point is that this, you can understand what drives this panic is, is a lot of media attention on, those, on the, the, what we would call the negative volatility. And, yep. and not much attention being paid at all because yes. to, to the to the good years or to the positive volatility. That's is, right. As you say, the volatility goes both ways. It's just that bad news sells. So there's nothing. No one. If someone reads a newspaper that says things are going pretty good, looks like things are ticking along pretty well, and they're going to keep doing that, no one's buying the newspaper tomorrow. No. And and look, there's a correlation. Anecdotally, there's a correlation between people that um, that. Uh, Tend to look at the yep. the value or the yes. price of their yep. uh, superannuation investments yep. too and frequently. Yes, they're the type of people that generally panic because yep. they are seeing the price yep. move up, round and sideways, yes. um, up, down and sideways. Yeah, uh, and, and and people that um, that uh, I won't say people that keep up with current events, but, but people that put an overemphasis over emphasis on that. Yeah, on um, yep. on reading. Yeah. I, I, I'm doing yeah. air quotes here. You can't <laughs> see that, of course. Yeah. News, yeah. Um, because yeah. it's just not news a lot of the time. I mean, it's, it's just it's sensationalized. It's, it's yeah. sensa sensationalized. Yeah. Um, yeah. But but I guess, and that's kind of the point of where we see our role um, working with people on an ongoing basis is this this second portion of this the the panicking thing is that it's a big part of what we talk to people about is, is making sure that we are. Um, Communicating a point of view that is completely rational and objective, which is not what you're seeing on the evening news. Yes, and that's that's kind of where we've said we've come back to. For most people, they need to be invested in 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 these in these assets. They need to be invested in a way where they're not going to be undiversified and they're not going to be wiped out by yep. one company or one sector going pear shaped. And then the the second part of that is then they need to not panic. 
Yes. Yeah. That's 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 the big one because because that um, that style of investor that we just described before um, uh, was volatile. Yeah. It wasn't risky. Yeah. It was volatile. Yeah. Um, now, if you panicked at the wrong time, yeah, you never recovered from that. No, that's because right. you did. Yeah. You know, yeah. Well, you sell for forty three cents and then try to buy it back. and try back try to buy back in for a dollar. Yes, um, that's right. It's it's. I think. Just before we wrap that up, I feel like we're going to end up going for three hours if, yes. we, don't, if we don't wrap it up at some stage. But the, the point that we make there with the penny, and you touched on this before, when we talk about companies and shares as interchangeable, you know, we'll talk about investing in shares, yep. investing in companies, and in our mind, that that is interchangeable. A, a share is just a part ownership of a company. So That's Woolworths right. is a company you own a share of Woolworths. You own a part of the company Woolworths. Yes. And so that's where I think a lot of people uh, panic is that you're forgetting that you own a, a, an asset, you own a real thing. And that's kind of where I can understand people's love affair with, with residential property because if mm. I buy a house down the street, I can drive down past it every day and I can look at it and go, my house is still there, it's all okay. okay. If you own um, shares in Woolworths and they have 3,000 stores across all different brands and all the rest of it, and th- those are a few years out of those numbers, but it's probably more than that now. But if 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 the price if the share price of of Woolworths drops by fifty percent, it's not because someone's gone out and firebombed half of their stores. That's they, right. They haven't burnt that to the, to the ground. It's it's normally not even because their profit have, has taken a significant hit. It's oh. just that, as you said, there's more people rushing for the exits. There's more sellers yeah. than buyers. I think you're onto something there because, um, you know, we spoke before about. Uh, conceptually, it's easy to say I'm not selling my house that yeah. I think is worth a million dollars yeah. for six hundred thousand yeah. um, uh, dollars. because it has five bedrooms and yeah. two bathrooms, I can yeah. see all that. Yeah. I'm, I'm living yeah. that. Yeah. Um, your ownership in the largest two hundred companies in Australia and the largest fifteen hundred companies in the world that comes to you on one piece of paper. Yeah. So, so it's really, really, it's really, really easy to I yeah. think. Um, yeah. Um, uh, underappreciate the level of diversification and level of, of, of yeah. far and wide reach yes. that you have yep. Um, yep. when it comes to you on one piece of paper. That's right, yeah. And, and forgetting that that's backed by uh, real assets, real businesses yes. that, are, that are making a profit. And yeah. so that's kind of where, you know, in, in, in the depths of that GFC, you can imagine it's easy to rush home from work and on your way home from work, you buy $50 worth of groceries at, at Woolworths, yeah. and, then, and then you turn on the evening news and you read all the headlines about the world's ending, yes. not thinking about the fact, well, I've just went and spent 50 bucks at Woolies. Yeah, so that's that, right. that money's going in, that, that money's coming back to me in some way as a, a part owner of that a, company. Absolutely, and that's just one of those companies. Yeah, you yeah. I, I, I'm glad you clarified that because any time I use Woolies as an example, people go, so I should buy shares in Woolies? Which <laughs> 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 ties back to number one, which is, we're not saying that, Don't we're saying word. All, all of your, uh, your ownership of these different companies, as you said, it comes on one piece of paper or it comes on a superannuation statement and you just see one number and then a lower number. And it's easy to panic, it's easy to extrapolate, but what you really need to bear in mind is that that is backed by uh, real businesses, real companies that are doing their utmost to, to make a profit over the long term. That's right. Reason three uh, that people lose money in shares is that they overextend themselves. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, I mean, oftentimes that, that um, takes the form of actually borrowing too much money yeah. Yeah. Uh, to, yeah. to, to buy. Yeah, that's, uh, so that's... Uh, normally, for most people, the 
based in Townsville, the big one when we talk about you probably need to invest some of your retirement savings in shares is the question that we get is what about Storm? And this mm. is exactly what you're talking about here where the strategy of uh, take a small amount of money, borrow, borrow a lot more and invest that money and then borrow against the, against the money that you've invested and, and yep. gear up as much as possible, as much money as you can borrow and extend yourself as much as possible. And if the market, if, if, your, if your investments continue to go up, you, you will do really well. Yes. But yes. if they don't go up, you are overextended, you will not be able to unwind that. That's right. And, and oftentimes, um, when number three comes into play, often, oftentimes you see them all together. So yes. you see yeah. uh, people overextend the themselves. The overextension comes just before the panic. <laughs> They'll, they'll under-diversify, then yep. they'll use yep. all of that money to, yep. to buy Netflix yep. or Uber yep. or, um, God forbid, Bitcoin. <laughs> uh, and, and then when the ensuing uh, volatility or, yep. or, or risk occurs, yep. they'll actually panic either panic voluntarily yep. Or um, yep. they'll be forced yep. to, 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 to sell out. And that, that's the, the second part of that is that even, even in a situation where you do not panic, if, you're in, if you have your plan in place that doesn't allow for the fact that this volatility will happen, you, this, will, this will be taken out of your hands. Mm. And that's kind of what you're saying. Even if you don't panic, if you, borrow, if you have borrowed too much money and you can't service those loan repayments, you are you are reliant on the, the investment to, to be able to pay back that loan. Yes. You are setting yourself up for failure there because you, you, are, not going to be, you are going to be overextended when there, when there is a, a crunch downwards on the prices of those yeah. assets. That's, that's right. And I think that's one where we see it uh, mainly with borrowing and that's where, you know, yeah, I've borrowed to invest before and, and still borrow to invest now. It's, it's a very useful tool yeah. At, at at certain ages of your, you know, at a certain age, at a certain stage, and for some people, it can be mm. a very useful way to to build some to build up your net worth. But it's not for everyone, and it really is. You you have to really be cautious about not overextending yourself. Mm. And so borrowing is 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 the really easy way to overextend yourself because it's it's you know it's investing money that you don't have basically. Yes. Yeah. That's right. Um, yeah, so no, good point. It certainly does. Uh, it does work in the right proportions. Yep. Um, yeah. As long as you're diversified. Yeah. And you don't panic. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> That's right. Yeah. And um, and you, and and you have a plan of attack. So I, I guess forced to sell at that. Yeah. At the, at the wrong time. Yeah. Um, really, uh, I mean, a really good way to guard against all of those things. Um, obviously, point one being under diversified, where you can be diversified. Yep. You you, you know you can apart from the the you know, the example that we used of yep. diversification amongst yep. um, companies yep. in Australia and the world, yep. uh, you also have to have some money just in normal bank accounts That's as well right. yep. um, to meet that you it. that you have yep. uh, to be able to fall back on yep. uh, yeah, at times see. that you need to. Yep. Um, um, having a plan of attack. So point two, panicking. Yep. I think when people panic, um, they actually don't. They, they say if as opposed to when. So yeah. they say, yeah. yeah, if there's a drop in the market, yeah, yeah, if, yeah. There's a, if there's volatility. Yeah. And, 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 and we actually, I mean, I always correct that and I say, no, no, you mean when. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. part of everyone's plan yeah. that we have, yeah. um, we get them geared up yeah. uh, in their mind yeah. to expect the 30% drop at some yeah. stage. Yeah. All the time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I always <laughs> say this too, especially over the last 
you know, uh, 10 odd years while, while things have been ticking along reasonably well and there's been no significant um, drops. Mm. I think my clients must get sick of me saying that. Every yeah. six months they come in and I go, now look, you know, your super balance is, is growing from 500,000 to a million, but, but you could come in in six months time and it could be 700, it could, it could drop. And yes. I think that after this many years of, you know, not being much volatility, it's, they probably think that I'm just, you know, kidding or something. I, 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 can, I can see the same thing yeah. right now. And it's ju- it's just by sheer weight of the fact that there there yeah. have been yeah. only good years yeah. to speak of for, for yeah. quite some time. Yeah. So so yeah. Yeah. Look, it's 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 one of those things that I think people yeah. have a hard time of actually believing yeah. can happen at the moment. And um, I think that that's obviously we think we're the best financial planners in Australia. I, I think I'm number one, and Michael's number two. But <laughs> when it it scares me when I talk to people who have another advisor, and they'll say something to the effect of. Yeah, well, this guy manages my manages, and they're normally a money manager. They're not, a, you know, a comprehensive financial planner. This guy manages my superannuation, and you know, it goes up every year. So I'm pretty happy with it. Yeah, and, and you, you go, he is he is either investing that in a way that's going to grow the most over the long term, and with that, it's going to come some negative years of negative return, yeah. or he is not investing that aggressively enough to grow for the long term. You mm. can't have it both ways. You that's can, right. He, he cannot be investing that money in a way that it's maximizing you know, your growth over the next 20 years while at the same time never going to have a backwards year so that's right when people say that to me it scares me because i'm going at some stage this is going he is going to have a negative like your advisor yes. meanwhile your underlying assets yes are going to have a year where the balance drops temporarily yes and that's what what scares me is that if you don't have a plan in place and you're not emotionally ready for that that is when you're most likely to panic and that's right and that's kind of why we are on the side of uh, going overboard with these what we call um, lifeboat drills of this is going to happen you your investments are going to drop by 30 40 percent at some stage in the future yep. you need to get your head around that you need to be ready for that you need to be prepared for that and we talk about it constantly with all of our clients every time we have a progress meeting with them yeah you're reason. a little bit late if you talk to them uh, yeah, when yeah, it's actually yeah, preparing that's, and yeah. say look now um, yeah. what I'd recommend is that you yeah. just stick to the strategy yeah um, so yeah. we tell people straight away yeah that is going to happen yeah. at some stage, yeah. and now they look at us with with yeah. blank looks on their face, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because because yeah. the returns have yeah. been. Yeah. Um, yeah. I won't say the. I mean, the returns haven't been exceptional. They've no. been on average, but yeah. it's just, it's just been no volatility. Yeah. In the yeah. Um, yeah. You know, in the last yeah. seven or eight years, yeah. Um, yeah. there's been hardly anything. Yeah. So so um, look, it will happen at some stage. Yeah. Um, we tell people that we're going to stick to the strategy. So yeah. whatever they're salary sacrificing, yeah. the superannuation, or whatever they're contributing to their investment, yeah. or whatever that strategy is, we're not going to change that. We're yeah. not going to try and yeah. sell out at the top. We're not going to yeah. try and buy back into the bottom. We're not going to change the investment strategy. We're yeah. just going to treat things as if nothing has happened, yeah. um, which is the way to do that um, yeah. uh, because you'll actually be buying more yeah. at um, at, 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 I mean, I do have some clients that have uh, money on the side ready yeah. to go. Yeah. Um, uh, not that we advocate trying to time the yeah. market, yeah. but they've got a line of credit yeah. against their house that they've yeah. paid off, and yeah. they, they're, they're actually rubbing their hands together for yeah. a yeah. for a, yeah. a drop of twenty or thirty percent because yeah. they actually want to buy up yeah. at that at point in time, price, yeah. which is a cardinal sin of financial planning <laughs> and market timing. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, um, it, it's funny because. Uh, they're contributing money as well. Yes. So, and and I think that's that's probably another podcast so all of its own is, is the market timing thing. We don't but want to digress too much. The, but yeah. the theory there is that if you've got if you have uh, all of your money in superannuation invested fully and you you are on track to be where you need to be retire, 
if if the market continues to go up and up and up, well then that's great. But what you what yeah. you're saying there is is in some cases, and it ties back into that overextended, um, uh, I guess, risk is that there will be there will be a drop at some point in time, and and um, yeah. If you if you are able to take advantage of that, and for most people, as you're saying, that salary sacrifice every every week or every fortnight, or that contribution to super, or however you do that, that is taking advantage of that volatility. That's so, right. So yeah. whether you sit with a bit of cash on the sidelines, or whether you just keep doing your contributions into super, mm. you are really taking advantage of the, of that negative volatility rather than rather than. Uh, I guess being uh, being buffeted by that, those wins, if that makes sense. That's right. Yeah, and and certainly point three, um, don't overextend yourself. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, we've got plenty of examples of of prudent borrowing to yeah. invest. So, yeah. so I mean, these particular people that I'm thinking of yeah. um, had just paid their mortgage out. Yeah, and when they yeah. started, <laughs> and and we we borrowed two hundred thousand dollars against their house. We yeah. invested that money. Yeah. We treated it as if it was a mortgage. Yes, and just paid it um, off. They paid it off. Yeah over the last seven years. Yeah. Uh, so they're really, really good yeah. with their yeah. disposable income now. Yeah. Um, over that stage, because they'd reinvested dividends, yeah. their, their, their um, investment of 200,000 funded by the 200,000 loan yeah. had actually grown to yeah. um, circa $400,000 yeah. at the same time that they were paying their loan off. So, yeah. so um, the borrowing actually just allowed them, it was a, it was a prudent level for them yeah. because and, they and could afford- That's a. Um, it's funny because I've got, I've got, I was going to use a very similar example where I've got clients with exactly the same situation where when they mm. first came in, they had just paid off their mortgage. We borrowed 200000 Yeah. And the reason that we knew they weren't going to be overextended is because they'd just paid off a $200,000 mortgage yes. over so many years. Yeah. So we basically looked at that and went, you've been doing that for 10 years. Let's, do, let's continue to do that for the next 10 years. So yes. Yeah. They... they that's, I guess, the, the big thing, uh, the difference between prudent borrowing and well, well, just overextending. Well, well, I'm thinking of the, um, these particular clients. They could afford to make repayments of about $50,000 a year, so yeah. $1,000 a week. Yeah. Um, so um, quite quickly, they paid off that $200,000 yeah. line. Now, now, an example of, of overextending yeah. would have been to say, hey, uh, interest rates are at 5%. Yeah. We can borrow a million dollars here. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Let's invest a million dollars and pay yeah. interest only, yeah. which is fifty thousand yeah. dollars. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that's that's an example of yeah. of, of, of being overextended. Yeah. In that's in that scenario. So yeah. it was just a prudent level yeah. um, for and them. Yeah, that's right. So um, so wrapping up, I think we've I think we've went through all those in great detail. I think then we, as we wrapped up, we went back through them. All yeah. So I mean, it's, it's the, <laughs> I mean the big the big three again being under diversified, yeah. um, panicking. Yeah. Uh, or being forced out, yep. um, depending on on, yep. on your scenario, yep. uh, and overextending. So yep. and 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 the triple whammy is yep. that you often see those three together. together. That's right, and um, yep. that's where people really do get themselves into yep. trouble. Yep. So. Yep. Yep. Um, I think that's. I think we've covered all bases. As we said, there's a million and one ways to, to lose money investing in anything. But yep. uh, when you're investing in shares, I think most of the time it ties back to one of those three things. So when you're coming up with a plan for your retirement savings, yep. as we said, we've got to back into it and go, we need to be invested in a way that's going to get us a long-term return. Yep. How do we avoid these, these three major things that pop up? Yes. Yep. That's right. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the Money Over 50 podcast with Lighthouse Financial Advisors. We look forward to catching up again soon.